Welcome to the Connect Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect the disconnected to a growing relationship with God. You can connect with God, and we can help. We're in this bullseye series because we want to shoot for what matters most with our lives. What matters most? Well, Jesus set the target for us when he gave the great command. He said this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Love is the bullseye. Love of God that impacts love of self and overflows love for others. We've talked about how we should first love God because He first loved us, and how it's in a loving relationship with God that we actually have a healthy way to love ourselves. But how do we love others well? Because Jesus often taught things like what we just read love your neighbor as yourself. Or in John 13, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. You know, I want to be known by my love. I really do. I I pray for it. I try my best, but I fall short. I, I make the mistake of trying to love others on my terms. I'll encourage Amanda because I feel loved when people encourage me when in reality, she would love it if I just joyfully did the dishes. I've also uh, even used love as leverage. You've probably never done this before, but I've actually done the dishes in hopes of her letting me watch the game. I've made the mistake in ministry uh, of assuming that it's doing the big things, starting an initiative or, or preaching a really good message Maybe I'm so dialed in, so locked in on a Sunday about what I'm going to say that I fail to love someone well in the lobby. I want to be known by my love, but all too often I fall short. So this message is as much for me as it is for you. And what I believe is that by the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, we can be known by our love, just like Jesus instructed. If you got a Bible with you, I would invite you to turn with me to 1 John 4. We're going to be in verses 7 through 21, and we're going to see that it's God's love that motivates us and mobilizes us to actually love others well. If you need a Bible, you can, of course, follow along in our free church app where you can jot down some notes as well. Now, what we're about to read is written by John. He was one of Jesus' closest friends and followers. And uh, Jesus actually used to call John and his brother James the sons of thunder. But something happened as John spent time with Jesus because when John wrote his biography on the life and ministry of Jesus, which creatively was titled John, he referred to himself as the one Jesus loved. And then John went on to write three letters that we have in our New Testament that he wrote to to churches around. And in those letters, he talked all about God's love and that, that we should love others. So from Sons of Thunder 
to the one Jesus loved, to loving others. John was transformed by Jesus, and I pray we are too. Let's pray. God, we come before you and we ask that you would transform us by the working of your Spirit in us. Help us to realize and experience your love even more than we, than we ever have before. And would it move us to love others well? Would you teach us what that looks like here and now? In Jesus' name, amen. Picking up in 1 John 4, 7 through 16. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son in, uh, to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, in God, in them. If you've never heard the gospel before, this is the gospel, the good news of Jesus. We were created to experience a relationship with God. But our sin, our missing the mark from God's holiness, his purity, his perfection, our sin actually separates us from God. God can't be in the presence of sin. He's holy, he's pure, he's perfect. And scripture tells us that the wage for our sin is death. But this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. You see, Jesus is fully God and fully man. So when he died on the cross, after living a sinless life, he didn't pay the penalty for his sin. He didn't have any. Jesus paid the penalty for your sin and my sin. He paid the wage of death for us. And God expressed his love for us in the greatest way possible through Jesus. Now, through Jesus, not through good works, not through religious duty or obligation, through Jesus, we can experience a relationship with God once again. This is the gospel. This is why we gather. This is who we worship. Jesus is love. John's encouragement for us, having experienced this gospel, this transforming power of Jesus is this. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Having experienced God's love ourselves, we should love others as God through Jesus loved us. It's, it's our, in our, this relationship with God that actually has impact. It makes a difference in the relationships that we have in our life. I'll illustrate it this way. As, as God fills us up, like, a, like water fills an empty glass, 
His love overflows from us and it starts to fill the lives, the glasses of those around us, our friends, our family, our co-workers, our neighbors, our peers, our teachers, and everyone. And their lives are impacted by God's love too. You see, it's not our effort, it's God's love overflowing from us that makes all the difference. Now, as only God would have it, it's, it's through his, his pouring in and our outpouring, our overflow, that his love is made complete in us, made complete among us. John explained it this way, now in verse 17, this is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. John reminds us that judgment is coming. God is going to judge sin. And, and those who are sinners, those who are, are stuck in that way, they are going to be condemned. They're going to be cast into hell. Eternal separation from God. But as followers of Jesus, we don't have to fear this punishment. Perfect love drives out fear. You see, we can be confident in Christ. We don't have to be like stingy with our love, like, like a little love for you and a little love for you and oh, sorry, I'm, I'm out of love for the day. No, we are lavish in our love because God's love overflows from us into the lives of those around us. This means we can serve our spouse. We can encourage our coworker. We can high-five our daughter. We can spend time with our neighbor. We can even give a gift to a group member. We can love without limits because God's love is limitless. John said it this way. We've been memorizing it throughout this series. It's our anthem for this year. So if you know it, feel free to say it with me. We love because he first loved us. We love because God, through Jesus, first loved us. It's God's love that motivates us. God's love that moves us. God's love that mobilizes us. And John continues in verse 20. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. God's love is so moving that it should move us to love those around us. To, to love one another, you have to be in relationship with one another. Profound, I know. If you want, I could say that again and you could write it down. But it's true. If we want to love one another, we have to be in relationship with one another. Watching a message, listening to a message is good. You might grow in knowledge, but that's only a piece of transformation. You see, there is power when we gather together. There's power when we gather together for worship. But even at some point, rows aren't conducive to the relationship that we need to be in if we are to love one another well. You see, rows on Sunday will actually never even compare to circles throughout the week. This is why community groups 
are the spine of Connect Church. We love gathering for worship. We love celebrating. We even try to keep our services uh, to an hour so that there's time afterwards to connect with one another. But there's only so much we can do in that kind of an environment. That's why we also gather throughout the week in community groups, because it's in a circle where you're known and you can know others. It's in community that we encourage one another, support one another, bear one another's burdens, hold one another accountable, pray for one another, love one another. If you think that you could follow Jesus alone, I struggle to believe that you understand the New Testament. Because if you read the New Testament, it is chock full of one another's, and you can't one another yourself. But what you can't do alone, we can do together. So connect with one another in community, and together we will love one another well. When we're in relationship with each other, how do we love well? How do we love like Jesus? Three things stand out to me about how Jesus loved when I look at his life and ministry. The first is this, love slowly. Just think about it. Jesus had a mission from the Father to seek and save the lost. He portrayed it as leaving the 99 to go find the one. Nothing is more important. Nothing is more urgent than one more person coming into a saving relationship with Jesus and experiencing life in a loving relationship with God. Nothing is more important. And yet, Jesus was never rushed because for Jesus, people are the mission. So Jesus moved at the speed of relationships. For much of Jesus' ministry, the, the impact, the difference was actually made in the margins. One time Jesus was, was teaching in a house and a guy's friend, a uh, group of friends, they, they brought the guy to Jesus, but they couldn't get into the house because there are so many people there listening to Jesus. So they, they get up on the roof, they cut a hole in the roof, and they lower the guy so that Jesus can heal him. And you know what Jesus did? He paused his preaching and he healed the guy. When Jesus is on his way to Jairus' house to heal his daughter, he's working his way through a crowd of people. When one woman reaches out and touches his cloak, She's healed, and he pauses, and he gives her his full attention, his full energy, his full focus, and heals her even beyond her physical ailment from the last 10 years, 12 years, excuse me. When Jesus was teaching, kids would run up to him, and the amazing thing is that Jesus didn't scold the kids. He scolded his disciples because his disciples were trying to keep the kids from coming to Jesus and distracting him. But for Jesus, kids aren't a nuisance, they're a delight. When Jesus entered a town, a crowd had formed and they wanted to see Jesus. They just wanted to see this, this rabbi from Nazareth and what he was all about. Zacchaeus had climbed up in a tree because he was short and he wanted to see Jesus too. Well, Jesus came to the base of the tree, looked up in the tree and said, Zacchaeus, you're going to have to come down from there. I'm coming over to your house for dinner. After Jesus rose from the dead and all of his disciples had, had seen him resurrected, Thomas still had some questions. So Jesus showed up to just Thomas in a personal way. Others were there, but he was there for Thomas. 
And he let Thomas touch the scars in his hands. You see, I want to be more like Jesus because if left unchecked, my drive for results can just run through and run over relationships. So I'm praying I become more like Jesus in this. I, I guess the next time I'm, I'm preaching and someone's lowered through the roof, I'm just going to have to pause and pray for them. Something I am doing is this. Uh, throughout this series, I've had this love bullseye wallpaper on my phone. And the reason I have that there is when I'm at home, when I'm in line at Starbucks, when I'm at the gym, and, and I just pull my phone out, out of habit, I, I see this wallpaper and I'm reminded, oh, I need to put my phone down and love the one right in front of me. If a reminder would be helpful for you too, you can download that phone wallpaper for free right from our app. We're going we're gonna to love slowly. And like Jesus, love sincerely. God is love, and Jesus is God, so Jesus is love. John actually held Jesus up as the perfect expression of God's love for us. And, and what I love about Jesus is that he didn't just love generally. He loved specifically. Mary, Martha, Lazarus, Legion, Peter, Andrew, James, John, even the guy crucified next to him. Jesus, wherever he was at, he loved the one right in front of him. He met people where they're at and he loved them well. I want to be like Jesus in this way. Wherever I find myself, I want to love the one, the person in front of me. How about you? Let's love like Jesus. Let's love uh, the person in front of us. Let's do it genuinely. Let's do it personally. Let's do it sincerely. And then third, love sacrificially. We saw John highlight Jesus' sacrificial love, and Jesus even taught his disciples to love sacrificially too. John was there, and this is what Jesus said. John recorded in, in chapter 15 of the Gospel of John. It says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. My youth pastor used to say, sacrifice is giving up something you love for something, or should I say someone, you love more. My dad modeled this to me as a kid. Uh, a little backstory. Uh, in elementary school, I loved going hunting. And my cousins lived on a farm, a 200-acre farm. We used to call them our farm cousins because we're really creative. And we'd go up there. We'd sometimes spend the night and then go out in the morning. And, or sometimes we'd just drive up the morning of. And I loved going hunting with my dad and cousins. Deer hunting, goose hunting, didn't matter. I loved getting up early, putting on the camo, and then heading out to, to post up uh, in a tree stand or in the brush on the side of a field. It was always a good time with my dad and cousins. Well, in about the second grade, I caught wind that my dad was planning to go hunting that weekend. And when I heard this, I asked as fast as I could, Mom and Dad, can I go with Dad when he goes hunting this weekend? Now, they talked about it, and they agreed that I could go hunting if I got an A on my spelling test that Friday morning. Yes, I shouted, as if it had already happened. And the rest of the week, I, I studied. My parents quizzed me each night, getting ready for this test on Friday morning. And when I woke up on Friday, it was game day. 
get to school and the teacher brings, you know, the, puts the piece of paper down on my desk, my, my heart is beating fast and I give it my all. I absolutely do my best. I try to do whatever I can to spell these 20 words right. And then the waiting game began. You see, it wasn't until just before dismissal that the teacher brought the graded spelling test back and, and I'm sitting there, my hands are sweaty. I can't wait. I'm like, okay, what, what's the result going to be? And when the, the paper lands on my desk, I flip it over as fast as I can. And at the top, I see a big letter B. I grab my bag and I slink to my mom's car where I break down in tears. I couldn't sleep that night. Tears soaked my pillow. And then at one point I, I hear some knocking on my door. My dad peeks his head and he says, Chris, can you come downstairs for a second? Sure. I make my way downstairs. I plop down on the couch and my dad looks at me and he says, something I'm never going to forget. He says, you know how much I love sports, right? And I nodded. He said, I'm going to give up watching sports for a whole month so you can go hunting with me in the morning. I jumped out of my seat, cheering, so happy. He's like talking about how Jesus sacrificially loved us. I didn't hear any of it in the moment. I was bouncing up and down with excitement. You see, while we can't see God the Father, I felt the Father's love through my Father's sacrifice that night. And while God is unseen, His love is felt by those around you when you love the one in front of you slowly, sincerely, sacrificially. And as we love the one in front of us, we are going to become known by our love. Our love for God, our love for one another, even our love for our local community. Jesus is going to grow his church. He's going to grow it in depth. He's going to grow it in impact. Our family and friends, uh, th they will know that God loves them because of how his love overflows from us and they experience God's love from us. Our schools, they might not teach Jesus, but they won't be able to deny the love of Jesus because of how we express his love to administrators, teachers, janitors, students. Our coworkers, they might make fun of us for our faith, but when they have questions about faith, oh, they're gonna come to us because they know that we love them well, we listen to them well day after day. Our neighbors, maybe they've said no to an invitation to church in the past, but when they are going through it, it could be their best day, it could be their worst day, they know who they're gonna call. They're gonna call you and me because of how we love them every day. God's plan to transform us is love. When, when we love Him, when we love those around us, when we love our local community, that is where change, transformation, difference happens. So, go love the one in front of you as God, through Jesus, loves you.
Let me pray for us. Lord, we ask that you would do that very thing. We thank you for your love, your unconditional, sacrificial, abundant, lavish love. Thank you. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you that we get to experience your love in a way that that transforms our lives and at the same time impacts the lives of those around us. Would you help us to love the one in front of us this year and for the years to come? We ask this for your glory and for others' good. In Jesus' name.